Let's move on to your boys, mate. You're oh, dying yes. to talk about them. Brisbane Lions and Port Adelaide. Now, after so many of the good classic games that came before them, there was much optimism. A couple of the top four teams battling it out up in Brisbane. It was a clear night. Obviously, the summer, the stinker, like the heat, uh, it was a bit of dew, and that's just classic Gabba in sort of that summer period. So the ball had a little bit of slip to it, but the skills were absolutely horrible. Uh, Outshone, obviously, by the piss-poor umpiring uh, both ways, and and here's the one thing that I and I'm gonna have a bit of a bitch here. So you know, earmuffs, everybody. Um, Adelaide gets the rub of the green. Their free kick count was fucking astronomical, right? Adelaide gets the rub of the green. West Coast gets the rub of the green. Fremantle when they're at home gets the rub of the green. Brisbane, <laughs> it's like because they're a rugby league state, we have the worst run. And I'm talking about the ones where you kind of think a home crowd advantage might actually get you across the line one way or the other. We don't have it. We literally do not have it. I looked out there after the, how shit the umpiring was, the crowd's booing, going, what the hell? What are these new rules that they're meant to have? They didn't dispose of it, doing a 360, fucking dropping the ball, no whistle, whatever. And I'm looking at these umpires going, you, normally when you watch a game, you see an umpire, and you're like, oh, I know that guy, or I know that guy, or normally he's pretty good, or I can't stand that guy. And I'm looking at him going, who are you? Like, I'm, I'm trying. I had my glasses on. I had the old spectacles on, and I'm sitting there going, who, who are these umpires? Um, are they so I don't know if they... the same thing with the umps, mate, where it's the home state umpires. Oh, maybe because of COVID and because yeah. Brisbane sucks as far as um, AFL in general. Um, yeah, so anyway, I so I don't know. know. It was the same talent up there as the umpires because I know they weren't trying to move them around the uh, the country as much. So that could have been. I guess the more flights, the more flights you hop on, unless you're on one yep. of the ones with the team, the more risk you have of getting COVID and other exposure and things like that as well. It's possible, but anyway, I wasn't too impressed with that. Very scrappy. I ended up tweeting out a couple of times. I had these guys behind me playing fantasy football, and I was like, boys, you've got to get on Supercoach. Way better than fantasy because he's like, oh, uh, oh, fuck, who was it? Someone had a kick in. I think it was Answer. No, someone had a kick in. And he's like, oh, he's got a kick. And next minute, he didn't, he didn't kick it from out of the square. He kicked it from within the square. And I was like, boom. I was like, no kick out for you. And he's just like, oh, fucking cost me points. And I was like, mate, what are you on, fantasy? He goes, yeah. I said, oh, piece of shit. Um, and even then, I was saying, like, oh, this is the worst game ever. And it was horrible at one point. Uh, efficiency skills absolutely horrible and then all of a sudden it got real lines started to come back and i think a few different things happened and they start going oh this game's got everything <laughs> so um uh, it was a kind of a a comedy and a disaster definitely wasn't a thriller um frustrating as hell to watch lions came back though with some good stuff uh and for me lucky neil i think was just chipping away doing his thing all night um and not only that seagulled up a little bit sort of running forward and then trying to come back in through the little gaps Big old seagull swizz, and uh, he chipped away. Oh, big O, McInerney, huge last quarter. He was shit for the first half. Um, scoring horrible, was barely noticed. Uh, outshunned by Fort before that point. Fort, I thought, was very good. Kicked a, an early goal. Uh, very good for us in that ruck, and I thought he was underrated or undersold. So I thought he was very good. Um, Danaher actually jumping at contests and trying to take contested marks. I think he took four, which is good because normally – he was actually trying to get the cheap one out the back, thinking he was playing for Essendon. So I thought he was good. Him passing the ball off at halftime, we couldn't fucking believe it. Bailey, I thought, was good without being exceptional. Um, yeah, so it was one of those ones. Richie got a little bit – Rich had a bit of a knock, went off, came back on, was a bit proppy. So I was a little bit concerned there. They do normally look for him, but I thought he had some issues there. 
Um, Barry set the world on fire to start the year. Now this is why. Now he had a. Uh, I didn't realize he was on. He was on fight. He was on like on fifty or sixty early in even early stages of the first half, and we're like, okay. I think you know, he second was quarter, 60, 68, eight, I think actually halfway through the second quarter. Oh, yeah, killing it, absolutely killing it. And then literally just disappeared. Uh, couldn't get near it. The, minus one yep. for seventy five minutes. Yeah, and then kicked it to the opposition, and we're like twice gets the ball. Boots it long directly to an opposition, and we're sitting there going, "Was he concussed or something?" Because we're like, "What the hell are you doing?" Literally the worst set of skills I'd seen after that. Complete opposites to how he played the first half. <laughs> like another, it was literally another person. It was like he went back to like first year Cam Rayner, just trying to spray everything in in his sight. So, um, yeah. So I mean, Answorth was was good. He did some really good things. Very valuable for the team. Not sure he's super coach relevant. Zorko obviously felt something pop in his calf, so I'd be looking at him. I even felt he was in defense a little bit more. Maybe it's because he was a little bit rusty coming back, so they might start him there. Um, so one to note there, I think they're hoping maybe it was scar tissue that he just felt kind of like rip or pop, so that would be a, a quicker recovery. So we'll keep an eye on Zorko there. 26, though, if Zorko comes out and, and is a little bit rusty and plays defense to get his fitness up, he is someone I would definitely look at if he gets defender status. Cam Rainer shat the bed, did okay, had a new cut. Uh, a bit of a crew cut thing going on. Did some good things though, but you know, um, considering how much these other 250k or 270k players killed it, uh, I think if you started Rainer, you were definitely in trouble. Um, less trouble than if you started Charlie Kerner, who we didn't even touch on. Shit pick, got like 30. Oh, um, I, did. I told you, give, give Goose Warren like a glove, mate. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, so when we look at Supercoach relevance, Lockie Neal, if you don't have him already, he was absolutely back to his old self, killing it, running on top of the ground and all that jazz, 54% of sides. And I'll tell you what, if you started more premiums this year instead of value, cause I'm big on value, then you might've got hurt this week. So the, the, what, what was Dangerfield's percentage? Uh, uh, because... in, oh, of ownership, it wasn't that high. Yeah, um, because I, can... I would gather if you've started... If you didn't start Neil and you had Dangerfield, that's a much of a muchness. I don't think both anyone was carrying both of them. Two percent for Danger, so. Yeah, so that's only fifty-six percent either Neil or Dangerfield. So, and it's not like five played. So that's forty-four percent of people that don't have either of those guys. Um, yeah, that's that true. Point, which is real. There's only three thousand three thousand six hundred and eighty-seven teams with Dangerfield, which means that there's only three thousand six hundred and eighty-seven teams that have no fucking idea. Um, <laughs> Just kidding. Good week no, for you. But, that, but that's um, it. So that's, half, that's nearly half the competition without either one of those guys at the 550 price point. And, that. and you're, right. just, you're just completely missing out on somebody who could be M1 at 550. Oh, whatever absolute like bargain. Or, you know, what, you know, it just so doesn't make sense. This this game has a lot of Supercoach relevance for a few others. Uh, for me, Barry, I thought he was really good. He could go 100 plus if he's fit enough. So we'll see how that shoulder holds up. Shoulder injury is a concern. It's the same shoulder he has in, injured previously. The same one I think he had a recon on possibly last year or what kept him out for a bit. Actually, not was a, maybe the same one he's injured previously, not why he was kept out because I think that was more groin related. Um, but when we have a look at the other side, there's a couple of people really to note. Now, number one, Boak has this in him. Boak can score well, right? So that's not unusual. Boak usually does his first round anyway, sucks people in and then starts going on absolute heater. Of, uh, by heater, I mean a shit heater. Um Houston for me was killing us and he got no respect. At one point I'm like, Houston's there, literally impactful forward of center. So I think he's playing wing, right? So the role's there and people are trying to trade out crisp to Houston saying, Oh, I'll get a keeper and I can make a, a, some money in the process. 
he did this last year as well, averaged 110 over the first four and then literally shut the bed and averaged 86 for the whole year, not just after that point. So it was horrible. Um, but he does have the potential. He does yeah, have the role. Me. But the issue I have, sorry, Swizz, is no, you no one, they paid no attention to him. He was the most impactful player on their field as one as literally by impactful. I mean, the guy bending you over and reaming you, he was, they kick it to him in the middle of the field. He'd kick a goal. He was absolutely dominating us. No attention, whatever. I'm watching him going, who's on Houston? Who's on Houston? Who's on Houston? He gets the ball, kicks a goal. And then all of a sudden you see Jared Berry run slowly back and, and man him up. And I was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? He was literally the one that killing us the most notably from the stands. And they gave him no attention at all. Swiss. Yeah, mate. Uh, yeah, what was I saying to you earlier? Oh, buddy, fucked that off now. Um, it was Houston last month, last year, first month, averaged 112. Crisp went 93. After that, for the rest of the year, Houston averaged 80 and missed a game. Crisp has averaged 108 and played every game. And this is what Houston does. And that, like, because then, and we talk about this every year too. The first five, six weeks, clubs are. They've got their new game plans. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of tagging going on. Um, the halfbacks and the wings, they get to do what they want. And then other clubs start working out what they're doing. And then they put attention these times because they go, oh, hey, we can't let Houston run around and get 30 touches because he's just killing us. So it does take two or three weeks because clubs, it's always the thing, oh, we're going to back our structure in. Oh, like the Bulldogs the other night, oh, we're going to back our structure in against Petrarca. Well, you fucking idiots. But Not another anymore. club will go. Yeah, but another club will be going planning for them in three or four weeks' time. Going, oh, we're not going to let Petrarca do that. And that's what happens to guys like Houston. They just don't let these guys do that. So, yeah, the I think it's three and a half thousand have traded Chris Chris straight to Houston at the moment. Oh wow. Okay. Let's get more though, guys. Let's make that ten thousand. Let's let's get that up there. Oh, look, I think Houston does have the potential, but he's had the potential for the last two years. No. So it's like, okay, is he going to follow through this year and become a top 10? Um, yeah, it depends. No. So as in a, like no, a wing player. But the point should Chris still win some games. No, that's fucking shit, Ben. That's not happening, mate. I could see the potential. I could see the potential. I did bring no. him into my team last year and got heavily disappointed, but I did bring him in based on that potential. So the potential doesn't change. It's just whether he follows through. So, uh, and in my opinion, uh, Houston, you have a problem. Um, well, people bringing yeah. them in will have a problem. I'll tell you that. Houston, they might be, have a problem. They'll be absolutely singing his praises in a month's time and watch it happen. Um, so for me, Butters as well, scored a 114, awesome price point, similar to Heaney and stuff like that, 443K. Roll looked really good. I think his role even is um, more shored up. I think uh, Rosie had a bit of an injury. So Butters, right, I think he's just highly impactful. He did a couple of amazing things that just blew me out of the water. Uh, really good price point. So I think if you've got him, you're extremely happy at this point. And the key thing that I do want to talk about as far as rookies and the relevance to this this side, number one, Mead. Um, so what's his name? Jackson Mead got 123k, got himself uh, a decent sort of what is it like a 50, 52, I think 50, 50 52. I'm sure it was yeah, 52. 52. So I thought he was, he was, I think he was good enough. Um, hopefully he keeps that sort of role chipping away Dersma, there. Dersma um, out probably helps that, I think helps him. So Dersma is did uh, I think it was at AC or shoulder like collarbone, collarbone, I think it was. So he might be a little bit, um, the other one to note as well is Alirali had surgery, he had syndosmosis, so he's out for about eight weeks. Now that really does bring in Sam Skinner for Brisbane. I think he was already an emergency, so former Brisbane player. 
was already emergency. Port Adelaide actually tweeted out today as well, saying Sam Skinner is definitely in the fold to replace Alir Alir. And again, Skinner's that other 123 sort of, uh, was it K swing player, defense forward, and um, could actually open that up and get into that side. So I think he's definitely relevant. Swizz, you're moving to the side, mate. Crab shells. Yeah, the, the wife wants to bring me in stuff, and then she's like, but I'm not coming on camera. That so right. I've, I've moved in when she's like about to try to sneak in at that. So yeah, I, I did move to the side there until she. It's all right. Well, like, oh, I need to flip in. did so you I'm tell like, her it's ironic right. because it's normally you trying to sneak in? Um, <laughs> <laughs> married life. Um, and the other one that's the other one that's worth noting is um, so the cannon. Now I was very upset at the time because I, I I like the cannon. You know, second chance. Port Adelaide played a lot of the Sanford and then got back into their main side and was quite pivotal. I actually thought that was his career done when he did that. Stood up and I applauded him the whole way. I thought it was his career done, but turns out he's actually escaped any damage, which is ridiculous considering how bad it looked and the, him, he got stretched off. Um, so Sin might actually open up the door for him to come into that side. Um, I don't know how they said McKenzie might even play this week, which I just can't see happening. So for me, I think... Sin now his potential is less unless he's a Dersma replacement. Um, and even that might be short term. We'll see. I guess wait on the news for that one. But Skinner for me, I think now another defender option. Um, so if you get real stuck, then I think Skinner comes in and probably plays for the next sort of six, eight weeks or at least until uh, I'm trying to think of the other port defender, the tall defender who's out for about another month, I think. So Swiss. Yeah, actually, I was annoyed because that was the loophole guy I was looking at to get high score. They bring in Skinner. So, because I thought, oh, that's the defensive forward I need. I can loophole with McCartan. Everyone's, you know, right. See, I went, I went, yeah. I went O'Driscoll because that way I could switch and I could just trade, uh, automatically just put um, Dacos straight into defense. And I was like, Freeman, I'll have later games. And I also missed like the Gibkiss train. So I needed a defender that probably wasn't playing because there was no others that were playing. It sucked. And I went with that one and I considered the same thing. Hey, because just with the dual swing and being able to, it was either a Driscoll, so a Dacos could go in or get another defender forward so I could try and work some magic. But well, then I'll get anyway. two weeks to look at Skinner now and his role. So that's that's all right. Um, yep. Yeah. The other thing we were saying is uh, we talk about Brownlow Medalist, can't back up. Wine's played well, no problems, but he's not going to do, well, he's not the, like the super coach guy that, you know, it's a bit like, you know, Dusty in his Brownlow year, as good as Dusty is. And that he hasn't had that, you know, 119 year again and that. And I think Wines, it's always hard backing up and going, you know, you've just won a Brownlow. He's going to still get his 25, 30 patches. He's such a great player, but he's, I don't see him being a top eight midfielder. 